When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> there is a bomb. Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la victoire des Canadiens. You found the dogs, John. You found the dogs. He found the dogs. And all together, they worked a young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination. It's going to be sick. Marinero, the sick podcast. How's everyone doing tonight? Hope you're all well. Everyone watching us on YouTube Live, on Facebook Live, and on Twitter Live. Hello, good evening. How are you? How's everyone doing? There's a lot going on. We're going to talk Montreal Canadiens. Sean Monahan was signed to a one year contract extension earlier this morning at around 9 a.m. Who thought that was going to happen? I did. Uh, does that mean that um, we can forget about Pierre Luc Dubois? Well, uh, or does that mean that it might be a little bit more difficult than some people may hope? We're going to get to it because if all goes well, we're also going to go to Murat Atesh, uh, who works for The Athletic and covers the National Hockey League. And he's all he's all over this story with the Winnipeg Jets, and we're going to discuss it with Murat. But the SICK Podcast is brought to you in part by Brood in Quebec. A winner of a dozen international awards, La Bitte TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bitte at TB, embrace your true nature. Also brought to you in part by Playground, your premier gaming destination. Playground Summer Million is the must-play pick poker event of the season featuring 10 championship ring events, $1 million in guaranteed prize money, and um, a $500,000 guaranteed main event located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal, Playground and brought to you by Energy Transportation Group, recently named by Deloitte and CIBC as one of Canada's best managed companies, the country's leading business award, recognizing innovative and world-class companies, the best managed Canadian companies designation fuels energy's purpose of creating progress for their customers, their employees, and their communities. Join a winning team and check out Energy's career page for available opportunities. Well, throughout the entire hockey season, he joined me as a collaborator for the most part on Wednesday nights. But come summertime, he's got, uh, well, no, he actually worked the first three rounds of the playoffs, had the final off. So he's been on summer vacation now for a couple of weeks. 
but I'm going to bother him. Why? Because he covers the Montreal Canadiens. He covered Sean Monaghan. He was at every practice. He was at every game. And I know he's going to have a great opinion on this one. From TVA Sport, Marc-André Perrault. Comment vas-tu, manager de quoi? Look at the tanning. tanning. Hey? V-neck, tanned. I mean, wow. living the dream, my friend. Yeah, yeah. V-neck. How are the, you? The white V-neck. You got the hair going uh, up, too. Look at that. Look at that. Pale blue. Yeah, well, I need a, an haircut, but yeah, I tried the most I could. But that's yeah, result, you got You know when you uh, when you need to cut your give it the wet look. If you give it the wet, yeah, look, I, go well, down a little bit. You know, I, I don't have the thickness that you have, so yeah, that's yeah. why. Uh, I was looking for I, the spray bottle. I have it here somewhere. I take it easy on the water, but yeah, life is great. I'm good, having a great time with the kids. And good, yeah, life. I'm is happy good. to hear it, my man. I'm but, happy to hear it. Thanks for having me, though. You're very welcome. I thank you for doing it, and I missed you, too. Uh, Life is good for Sean Monaghan and uh, his as well, I would imagine, because earlier this morning at 9 a.m., here's a press release that went, oh, here's a tweet. The Canadians have agreed to terms on a one-year contract extension, 2023-2024, with forward Sean Monaghan uh, at 9 a.m. That's when they sent out their tweets, by the way. The uh, the Caulfield contract was sent out at 9 a.m., the Pizzetta contract was sent out at 9 a.m. This is strategic, by the way. So that's when they think most people will see it. And all the radio stations, TV stations, and podcasters will have plenty of time to be able to talk about it. Pretty smart, the Montreal Canadiens. I think it's a pretty smart deal. I think it's a great deal it for is. the Montreal Canadiens. Obviously, Sean Monahan is going to have to be healthy. But Marc-André, we're going to hear from Sean Monahan tomorrow via Zoom yeah. call. But the Montreal Canadiens aren't signing him if he's not healthy. Of course he is. I mean, he has uh, he had his operation, uh, but to me, it's it's a great signature for the Montreal Canadiens. It, it's it's sad for Sean Monahan because he is he is losing so much money for playing on that injured ankle, and looking back, it was such a bad decision. He knows it. Everybody knows it. Uh, and probably it, it didn't help the case of, you know, the medical staff that got fired by, by Montreal Canadian. Cause I remember, I think it, it was first of, or third, December 3rd or first, we were in Calgary Yeah, and it's the morning skate. And we talked to a few guys in the Calgary dressing room and Milan Lucic is like, he's a tough guy. He's never complaining. He's playing through injury and he's such a warrior and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So comes the game. And then. Sean Monahan walks in the arena with his walking boot, like the protection boot. Yeah. And we're all like, what is, you know, he's not gonna, he's not gonna play. Obviously, guess what? He's on the ice, plays well. They win the game. But uh, after that, it, you know, when, how do you say that in English? Catch compounds, you know, you, you're yeah. injured somewhere. So you come compensate. He's compensating, compensating. Compen- yeah. He's got, he was compensating, and so the, the the groin got injured. So anyway, you but, two will be uh, compensated at the end of the podcast, by the way, but in a different uh, form that uh, Sean Monahan was compensated. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, it, it carries it carries a different definitions, it, you know. Well, yeah. it, same amount, just the U.S. and Canadian dollars, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. <laughs> yes, of course. But seriously, the the I mean, I think this guy, because he was having a great season, like 17 points, 25 games. He was such a great addition. It was a steal. Like, it was a magic trick from, from Kent Hughes. And he could have earned so much more money if he would, you know, would have stayed healthy or whatever. But anyways, yeah. he's, still, he's only 28 years old. So 
that's the good news. If he can stay healthy, and that's the yeah. gamble of, of, of can't use that he is going to stay healthy. Yeah. So, uh, but for like two millions, if he plays uh, yeah. a twenty-six game, he's gonna have a fifteen thousand signing bonus. It's a great signature because you're taking pressure off Suzuki's shoulder, and we saw that you know at the beginning of the year, it was obvious that it was helping Nick Suzuki. Just yeah. the fact that Sean Mahan was there. So it, a great signature. I mean, two millions. It's it's like peanuts in the yeah, hockey yeah. world. Yeah, yeah. And the guy, it was, he it was, was if I can, it was to, to refresh everyone's memories. Uh, Mark Andre, it was ten months ago, give or take, that Kent Hughes acquired Sean Monahan from yeah. the Calgary Flames, along with a conditional first round pick in twenty twenty five for yeah. future considerations. Right, and you're right. He had seventeen points in twenty five games. And his line mates, whoever was playing with him, loved playing exactly. with him. They loved exactly. playing with him. He's a great guy. He, not only a great player, he's a great guy. He's loved in the dressing room. He loved Montreal. He said at, at, at the end of the, the, the year that he wanted to be back if it was possible. Mm -hmm. So he, he could have gone to the you know the first of July, but I think he gambled on on himself. He has a lot to prove. Just I mean, he just have to prove that he can stay healthy. And yeah. after that, he's going to be 29. So he still have time to sign a big contract. So guess what? He's going to give it all this year again. So that's the good news. So we'll see. But to me, it's, it's I mean, it's, I wouldn't say it's a, it, it's a magic trick again, because yeah. who knows? But Sean Monaghan, 2 million, it's, it's, it's a great deal. Think about this for a second, Marc-Andre. Um, Sean Monaghan this past season played 25 games. A shortened season due to that injury, of course. You talked about the ankle, then compensating. Turned out to be a groin injury after that. He had a couple of injuries, only 25 games. The year yeah. before that, 65 games. The year before that, 50 games. The year before Ankles. that, 70 games. Uh, the year before that, hips. Hip injury, yes. Both hips, as a matter of fact. Yeah. So 25 games, 65 games, 50 games, 70 games, 78 games, 74 games. The last time he played a full 82-game season was back in 2016-2017. So he has been plagued by injuries, no doubt about it. He was going yeah. to be a restricted free agent this summer uh, at 28 years of age. He would have loved to have cashed in on a five- or a six-year deal somewhere else, which probably would have been his last or maybe second-last contract, would have been his opportunity to, to really cash in. But because yeah. of the injuries, he knows that if he goes to market, no one's going to offer him more than a one-year deal. He's going to have to prove himself. So he says, if I have to go somewhere else to prove myself, I might as well stay in Montreal where I like the city. I like the team. I like the organization. I like my teammates. I like my line mates. I think I can put up points. I did last season. Let okay. me just stay healthy and do it again. Yeah, he, he knows where he fits in the lineup. And he knows he's going to have, you know, he's going to have good minutes on the power play. It's not everywhere that you can have good minutes on, on the power play. So he's going to be on the first power play. He's going to have good minutes and he's going to be a leader. He's going to prove. I And let's, let's say Montreal is like far from the playoffs, uh, you know, the trading deadline. It, it's got to be time to cash in for Kent Hughes again on Sean. Of course, Moran. of course. If, if he can stay healthy, that's the that's the, the word, obviously. But I, I think again, it's it's a great deal for everyone. I think Monahan would have loved, well, obviously, a little bit more money. But I think he's gambling on himself, proving that he can stay healthy, and he could make, you know, and he could have another big contract coming yeah. coming up next season because he his big contract was what seven times seven. 
with with Calgary. So he's not poor. Let, let, eight, uh, yeah, seven time, forty four, uh, well, forty five million. So that's, six and a half. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah so. I guess. Anyway, Listen, that's a great uh, guy. He's a Mapper, great guy. When, when they acquired him, it was the, you know the two things that we thought about was, okay, so if he works out in Montreal, there's a chance they might be able to bring him back. We hear such good things about him. And um, if they're out of a playoff spot, the, you know, the, they're going to try and get a first round pick for him. And uh, and then the other option, of course, is that maybe you try and trade him at the deadline. But if you did like him and you wanted to trade him anyway, because you want to get that first round pick, then you can probably try and reacquire him again before, he, you know, when he hit unrestricted free agency yeah. in the summer. But last yeah. year when we saw that he was, you know, at one point he was he was out with an injury. We didn't know whether or not he was going to be back. We we're talking about him. We were this was a scenario that we were bringing up. The scenario that okay, you know what? They probably wanted to trade Monahan. They weren't able to because he was hurt, you know, for the rest of the season. So why don't you want, you know, find out, make sure he gets a clean bill of health. If he does, sign him to a one-year deal. You bring him back. You know he was producing with 17 points of 25 games. Chances are you might even produce even more next year because now of he knows course. the city, he knows the system, yeah. he knows the coach, he knows his teammates, and I mean, they're a young team, and they're all going to be better. It's it's confirmed that they they shot him like they they, they wanted to, to get something out from him. That's why it was such a secretive thing the the injury and you know back on the ice for about two three days and then uh, you know it, it, it was a weird situation, but I think we. They, they tried so hard to get something from him, but uh, couldn't make it happen. But now I, I, I don't know. I mean, the good news is the hips are not, you know, we're not involved in this medical bill uh, this, yeah. uh, uh, this season. Ankle, you know, it happens. Groin, sometimes, you know, it's, can you fully recover from groin injury? I mean, it's, it's pretty tough, but, Anyways, let, let's hope he's healthy, and it's it's a great addition, again, and let's hope that they can get some get they can get something from him uh, for him uh, next trade deadline. Yesterday, I was talking to Eric Engels of Sportsnet and Sportsnet.ca, and he said, you know, you can never have too many centermen. There's so many teams that have won the cup in the past that had centermen that ended up playing on the wing. And we saw it. You know, the Toronto had you know they didn't win the cup, but Toronto had you know they got centermen like. Tavares and uh, and um, and Austin Matthews and Ryan O'Reilly that at some point yeah. they were playing, you know, Ryan O'Reilly on the wing with Tavares. And you have a certain flexibility. The Bruins, we've seen they've had so many centermen over the years. Some of them play wing. So when well, we're Vegas talking about, with Nicaragua. You're right about that. When we we're talking about yeah. Pierre-Luc Dubois yesterday, uh, yeah. Eric says, um, you know, I'm in favor of it. I believe the Montreal Canadiens will make a trade uh, with Winnipeg. I believe Pierre-Luc Dubois will be a Montreal Canadian. And you're going to have to buy some unrestricted free agency years there. And if he wants $9 million a year, I'd give it to him because the Canadians are better with him. Okay? Eric's opinion. I said I'd like him. I'd take him on my team. But for me, there's some red flags. Uh, he wanted out of Columbus. He wanted out of Winnipeg. At times, he lacks intensity. Um, there's some things that he did probably weren't the most, you know, uh, bailing it on that, that shift because he wanted out of Columbus. And all I said was you have a salary structure. Nick Suzuki is yeah. the highest paid. I wouldn't exactly. give him more than Nick Suzuki. Okay. That's so uh, yeah. we're good. Yeah. We, we so we're going back and forth and, but he said, yeah, but you know what? You can always use an extra sentiment. That was yesterday. 
Today, they signed the guy, re-signed the guy to a one-year contract extension who can play center and can also be moved to the wing, Sean Monan. Does this signing at $1.985 million, by the way, if he's healthy and he plays X amount of games, he'll get a bonus and he'll be up to $2 million per season, $15,000 bonus, Pierre Lebrun tells us. Um, does this signing say to you that you doubt the Canadians are going to trade for Pierre-Luc Dubois? Well, I, I mean, I always doubt it. I, I, I've seen the scenario so many times in the last years that Montreal is the front runner, and you know, but at the end of the day, it's just like used to to negotiate. So, I, when it's too obvious, it doesn't happen most of the time. So, uh, but first thing, I wouldn't give I wouldn't give him nine millions because again, and it's you have a salary structure and. You don't know what what's gonna be the the cap uh, in the next years. I mean, it's gonna go up, but guess what? Some players are gonna you're gonna have to pay the, the young defensemen that are coming. So that's and you can't. You've seen it in Toronto, bringing bringing a guy and give him too much money, and then after you have to sign your big guns, and then Mitch Marner is like, okay, you're giving him that money. I'm gonna take that money. So it, it's you know. It's it's very um Yeah, but here for the most part the big guns are already signed. Suzuki's under contract for the next seven years, Caulfield for the next eight. Yeah, but you have <clears> a lot of young defensemen that you know are gonna ask it's not the same, I know, but yeah. still you have a cap to, to respect, right? Yeah. But for for the center thing, you've seen Kirby Doc playing center, you've seen him playing wing, so it's 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 such a plus when you can, you know, switch centerman to wing and it works. But you could still trade for like I don't know Dvorak, maybe. Uh, it's I don't think he's locked in Montreal. I mean, uh, no, no matter what. So no, no, he's that's not. That's a possibility. Winnipeg's gonna have to do a lot better than Dvorak, mind you. They're in a little bit of a pickle, right? Because the player's telling them, "Hey, I want out." The agent's telling them, "I want out." So, all right. Yeah, so the, the, the worst I don't is Winnipeg. Think, I don't think he's using the Canadians for leverage, though, because. He's going to end up, uh, gonna end up being a sign and trade, right? So I, I, I'm not saying that it's always like you have this idea in the back of your mind, but at the end of the day, most, most, you know, so, uh, often it's what happened at the end of the day. Maybe he doesn't want to use Montreal for leverage, but it is what it is, right? I hear you, bud. I hear nine, you. Nine so millions is is a lot of money for a guy who. I mean, he's a great player. I, I love the guy. He, he's he's always been great. He's a you know uh, very polite kid. He's he's yeah. a good hockey player. But did he prove he deserves nine million times eight? I'm not sure. Yeah, he's That's doing good point. things in the community too, and with the foundation and stuff like that. Great and guy. And don't get here. me wrong. he's yeah. he's a great guy. And I'm not like trash talking. I, I I'm yeah. not saying I. I mean. Things happen in Columbus. He was young, and trust me, I did stupid things when I was young. Trust me on that. Uh, Winnipeg, he's not the only one. And from what I've heard in the last years, a lot of people would have wanted out of, of Winnipeg. So let's just put that in perspective. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. So in the end, you're saying, when we talk about Pierre-Luc Dubois, good player, you take him on your team, but not at of any course. cost. Not at any cost. Eight, time, eight times eight tomorrow morning and I, I would be willing to give young assets and good picks for him. Whoa, whoa, I would whoa, be willing whoa. to eight, do eight that. Eight times eight tomorrow morning. So you are willing to give him more than Suzuki then? Well, I mean, 
eight times eight, I mean, yes, if, yeah. Okay, so you won't give them eight times nine, but eight times eight tomorrow morning. I mean, I didn't think about it. Uh, I didn't, you know, calculate everything, but. I said, in French would be, I don't know if that translates like, here he is. You know what I mean? It's like, here he is. He's a horse. You don't see like, uh, you don't have a lot of players like Pierre yes. Dubois available at this age. So if it costs eight times eight, I mean, I yes. don't think Suzuki is going to cry over that. I think he's, you know, uh, I, I, he, to me, Caulfield's signature like gave so many good signs about what's happening in Montreal. You know, the, the, the management, yeah. the, 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 the coach, the, yeah. everything in, in this locker room seems to be, it's just a positive vibe. Yeah. So I was, I was at a, um, I was at a, uh, I'm going to try and look it up right now. I was at a, um, a gala a function. What was it? It was a gala. It was a gala probably um, a little while back. And I ran into uh, a young lady by the name of Alessandra Finocchiaro. Okay. And she came over and she said, uh, I uh, watch your podcast all the time. And she says, I love when you slide in a couple of Italian words oh, to your collaborators she? who are Francophones and they have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. And I said, which one? too? And that's it. It meant not. Okay, that's fine. All right. Okay. But I, want I, mean, you to say, I want you to say it before. Emozitu. Say it. Emozitu. Emozitu. There you have it. You're not bad. Look at you like that. You're not bad. Hey, uh, thanks for taking time away from the kids and from the summer, even though I don't even think it's officially summer. Is it officially? It's not officially summer yet, is it? Uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow, actually. Oh, tomorrow? Really? Tomorrow, yeah. Longest At day of the year, so just enjoy it. Guys. And I think it's and it's and it's it's shaping up to be a very nice day tomorrow, right? I think give or take 28, 29, something like that, right? Every every day is a great day. You're right. That's what my buddy Sammy says back in Master Control. Sammy Cavallaro says every day is a good day. That's what he lives by. It is. Thank it you, Mark Andre. Eight because... times eight. Yes, tomorrow morning. Emozitu. Ciao. Bye bye. Eight times nine. No way. Eight times eight tomorrow morning. All right. A shout out to Murphy Clinic, an aesthetic clinic specializing in medical aesthetic care. They offer permanent laser hair removal as well as a wide range of treatments for skin problems such as acne, rosacea, fine lines, and more. They currently have two clinics, one located in Montreal, Shop Angus, and the second on the North Shore, on the North Shore in Tarbonne. They're opening uh, soon in Quebec City. Visit murphyclinic.ca or on Instagram at murphyclinic. As a matter of fact, my wife was there earlier today. She had a uh, treatment done. And uh, she says, Tony, these people are spak. Spak would mean A-OK, number one. I want to bring up a tweet, an article today in The Athletic. Winnipeg's key considerations as the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade inches nearer with more moves to follow and an exploration of the multiple options Winnipeg has as it tries to reset its future. We'll find out what it's going to take to acquire Pierre-Luc Dubois and if the Montreal Canadiens are a match. Is Dubois going to get traded to the Canadiens? Murad Atesh, good evening. Good evening. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Good. That was your article. That was your piece, Murad, of course, with The Athletic covering the Winnipeg Jets. Murat, this has been, you know, it's there's been Pierre-Luc Dubois talk here in La Belle Province for the last six months. 
And now it's really intensifying, of course, because a lot of people close to the situation believe that this is coming to an end here sometime soon. And maybe, just maybe, he'll be traded on Wednesday night or Thursday night at the NHL draft. All right, so we know that Dubois had was a was an RFA at the end of this year. We also knew previously that it was his intention not to resign in Winnipeg. So some of us assumed that maybe he was going to sign a one-year deal uh, with the Winnipeg Jets and then not resign and they lose him for nothing. His agent has come out. They've, they've demanded a trade. All right. They've demanded a trade. They want out and they want to work with the club here to see if they can find and, and out of respect for the club, too, because instead of the club getting nothing for him and leading them on, they're telling the club, listen, uh, we want out. So how many teams do you think are interested in Pierre-Luc Dubois? What are you hearing? Well, for that, I go to Marc-Antoine Godin and Arpin Basu's report a couple uh, of weeks ago, talking about a list of five to six teams that, uh, that Dubois and Pat Brisson's agent would be talking with the Winnipeg Jets about and exploring uh, the possibility of a sign-in trade. And I think that that's accurate. I think we've talked about Montreal for so long. Home is dear to Pierre-Luc Dubois. I think Montreal matters a lot to him, whether he ends up being traded there or not. I think that's going to be a, a really special place for him for the rest of his life. Um, Los Angeles is being discussed as a front runner, and I think rightfully so, based on what I'm hearing there. But it's not just there. I think that Dubois is open to the idea of other locations as well. But the way that he's gone about this situation, limiting it to a few teams... He's essentially he's an RFA, but he's acting as if he has a no trade clause right now. And so the the list of teams is probably li limited to contenders where he believes he can win. So you know I believe LA is a front runner. Montreal's important, but if the Colorado Avalanche were willing to make a short term play on Pierre Luc Dubois, wouldn't he want to be a part of that? If Boston realizes that David Krejci and Patrice Bergeron are going to retire tomorrow and are able to negotiate its cap space, perhaps without Jake DeBrusque, perhaps without Jeremy Swayman. Maybe there's a fit there. New York, I have the same sort of feeling. Like There are specific situations where it may be a fit for him, believing he wants to be in a world-class city that can win and win relatively soon and to pay him. But uh, it's still not a full market of teams. And, and Winnipeg's got a lot of work to do to make sure that they can get the proper value for a player like him. Murat, in this market, there's many members of the media that are all in right away. Let's go. Pierre-Luc Dubois, he's the entire package. He's going to turn 25 in the summer. He wants to come play for the Montreal Canadiens. He wants to be a hab. He wants to move to Montreal. He does work here already. He spends his summers here. By all accounts, everything we hear, he's a nice guy. He's a big boy. He's a center. He can play wing. He's versatile. He's put up points in the playoffs for a gazillion reasons. Everyone wants him. Uh, more centers, the better. Uh, you know, uh, uh, could you imagine him with uh, with uh, Caulfield, or could you imagine him on a line with Suzuki, or could you imagine him on the line with Kirby Doc? I am one, and I have been one since day one, saying very good player. I take him on my team, no doubt about it. But I see red flags. I've seen red flags in the past. I continue to see a couple. I'm a little bit scared. So because of that, I'm not all in, and I'm not in at all costs. You who's covered him closely here, what can you tell me? Well, I, I see that. I see the reasons for caution. Maybe of any team, Montreal might be the one to not necessarily have to be as cautious. 
if you go back to Columbus and talking to Aaron Portsline, and I've seen him say this in, in his work as well, you know, I don't think it was a John Tortorella issue. I don't think it was anything um, as uh, as incendiary as that. But it's possible that Pierre-Luc Dubois has been trying to, you know, negotiate his move to a to a big market or to Montreal specifically, I should say, for a very long time. That's a that's part of what I have in my mind as as possible for what the story is that he simply won't commit to quite plainly. Um, and if that's the case, then Montreal should have some confidence there. Um, I think predicated on this deal is a sign and trade. And that's what, you know, Pabrisson is working with the team to try to arrange. If you have Pierre-Luc Dubois with six, seven, eight years of contract certainty, as opposed to him constantly in this RFA limbo, um, you know, that he is in right now, I think you can have more confidence as well. I don't think that it's as likely he walks in those types of situations. Um, but, you know, I do I, I do get it. Until the moment that he delivers an, an important role for a good team, winning key games, playoff rounds, he's going to be the guy that had the shift in Columbus, and he's going to be the guy that, you know, pushed his way out of Winnipeg. And that's his legacy until he overcomes it. And so I understand that perspective. Um, at the same time, I guess covering him, I think that sort of trying to set the goalposts on what he is as a player, I, I hear some outlandish stuff. I hear that, oh, he's a ghost. And honestly, um, honestly, the, the performance he delivered this season, 40 games of number one center capability, 25 games, maybe a number three. And interestingly enough, it started in that game in Montreal, I think was the beginning of his swoon towards the back half of the season. And I know he had some injuries and stuff like that as well, but uh, it was a really major two month sort of, this guy isn't really delivering like he should. And he put it together just in time for the end of the regular season, had a big game one and Winnipeg's only win against Vegas in the playoffs. And I think if you're getting at 24 years old, a first line center with, you know, certainly a quarter of a season, third of a season swoon, and a bit of a good playoff performance, a ghost in game five, as all Jets were, I'm projecting a guy who's at least a second-line setter and probably flirts more often than not with first-line center contributions. He's just 24, like you said. He's turning 25 right away. I think that's a very good player that should be uh, an asset for any team as long as he's happy there, as I believe he'd be in Montreal. Where, it was an early exit for the Jets in the playoffs, but where would he rank in terms of their best performers? Where would you put him? I mean, big swing in that. Great question. But uh, game one, where it looked like Winnipeg could take it to Vegas. Now, of course, Jack Eichel was first game back in a while. Mark Stone was the same deal. It wasn't the Vegas Golden Knights of the, the steamroller that we saw. But Pierre-Luc Dubois was one of Winnipeg's best players in that game. Um, he control. He won battles that led to Kyle Connors. I think it was the game-winning goal. It may have been a, he scored another goal right after that as well. I think it was a two-point night for him. But he was a force all over the ice, and I think that that was the guy that a lot of Jets fans wanted to see forever. By game five, though, a lot of Winnipeg Jets got criticized for not showing up that day, and it, it was yeah. him and his line mate Kyle Connor. They'd been great together for most of the season. They were caught also on camera for some key Vegas goals early in that game. And of course, you know, throughout the series as well. So middling. He was a big part of the win. He was a big part of the loss as well. 
All right. So, but he was not their best performer in the playoffs, in your opinion. I'll tell you why. I'm gonna. I'm asking you this in just a second. By the way, if I had to ask you, Murad Atesh, one name, who was Winnipeg's best performer in the playoffs in round one? Adam Lowry. Adam Probably Lowry. Adam Lowry. Who, in your opinion, was number two? That's a great question. That's a yeah. that's a phenomenal question. Yeah, it was Winnipeg's grind guys who were able to consistently get things going, whereas the skill guys were a little bit overwhelmed by Vegas's top players. All right. So, so when you, on your list, in on your list, Pierre Luc Dubois was not one of the top three Winnipeg Jets in the playoffs in round one. I don't think okay. so. Okay, no. perfect. the The reason why I ask is because Jonathan Marchessault was asked about Pierre Luc Dubois, and he said he thought he was Winnipeg's best player in round one. And so here in this market, like this is like the thing that's being used to try and convince everyone to go after Dubois. Well, Jonathan Marchessault said he was the best player in round one. Yes, yes, I understand that. A Quebecer said another Quebecer was the best player in round one. Yeah, it could be at a loyalty. It could be at a friendship. Or maybe it's true, right? But it, it could be. But uh, you covered the team. You don't think so. You don't think he was in the top three. It's an interesting point. It's an interesting point. It's tough so, because Winnipeg's loss was predicated on Mark Shifley exiting, Josh Morrissey exiting, like the team was falling apart injury-wise as well. So there's a, there's a little bit of that. Okay, so now, um, he basically has told them he wants out. He's told them he wants out right away. And he's an RFA who, like you said, is acting like, he, like he's UFA eligible, and he's not. Um. Other teams see Winnipeg coming from a mile away. Like, the good news is that Winnipeg can get something for him. If he would have been signed next year, and then he would have said, okay, you know what, we'll talk at the end of the year, and then he walks, they get nothing for him. The good news is they'll get something for him. The bad news is that other teams see Kevin off coming from a mile away. But despite that, you really believe that Shevel Dayoff has to hit what? Has to hit a home run with this or what? Or he's in trouble or? I don't know about a home run because I think the world, ha- we've set our goalposts based on the idea that everybody sees him coming. Um, just like you said, I mean, that's a, that's a good point. I think that what Shevel Dayoff needs to do is return a good young player who can be part of a winning future plus futures. The team's not interested in a pure rebuild. So if it's just prospects, just picks, I don't think Shovel Day off, that's, that's not the target. And so I look back to his two biggest recent trades where he was painted into a corner. And one of them is acquiring Pierre-Luc Dubois in the first place for Patrick Laine and Jack Rosselvick. It returned Dubois and a third. Um, Dubois at that time had one more year until he was needed a new contract. So blah, blah, blah. But Laine, Rosselvick, Dubois and a third. And Winnipeg was painted into a corner at that time. I think adding Roslovic to that package, you know, you can argue that that's, that's a fair deal for the Winnipeg Jets. I think that they did well. And that was a situation that Winnipeg was in a tough spot. Before that, Jacob Truba, everybody knew that he was on his way to the States for forever, right? That was an open secret. He'd held out at one point as well, um, trying to expedite that process. He played all of his contract situations, looking to get out. And... Winnipeg, in that case, returned Neil Pionk and a first-round pick for Jacob Truba, who then immediately signed a long-term extension with New York. So I think that's comparable here with the sign-and-trade. In that case, Truba had just come off a 50-point season, and Pionk was not seen as anywhere near his ability, although Pionk delivered a couple of good seasons before tapering off. 
Winnipeg got a first-round pick and a player who, if everything broke right, could maybe step into Truba's role. And I think that's the sort of ballpark I'm thinking about for Pierre-Luc Dubois right now. A young forward who could grow into a top-six role, maybe is a worse version of a top-six player than Dubois is right now, with some reasons for growth and then futures. And I think that's where I'm at. Taking a look at the Montreal Canadiens roster and the depth chart within the entire organization, do you believe the Canadians have what it takes to satisfy Winnipeg? If it were easy between Montreal and Winnipeg, it would have been done. That's that's what I believe. And that's not saying that, you know, Kevin Chevaldeoff has told me that. I'm just thinking based on what we know. Um, I think that if you're the Montreal Canadiens, anyone Winnipeg is reasonably asking you for right now is a player you want to keep. And I think Kirby Doc is the perfect example of that. I think that last season, when Montreal acquired him and before he stepped into the role that he did and showed the growth that he did, when I saw Kirby Doc play for Montreal this season, I believe in that player. I, I really do. So um, do I. But before that happened, I think he was the perfect example. The right age range, the right yet to break out range, the um, you know highly touted, all those sorts of things. But he hadn't quite done it yet, and he'd fallen out of favor a bit in Chicago. At this stage, if you're Montreal and you're being asked for Kirby Doc, aren't you going to hold on to him? Isn't he too much of a part of your future? And I think anybody above that, I mean, come on, Nick Suzuki, you're laughing. Cole, I mean, that those aren't conversations that are happening. But if you go one step below that, wh where's that trade going to happen? It's not going to be Josh Anderson and Christian Dvorak and, all, okay, the cap works. But that's pretty middling value, even compared to probably what some of the other teams are able to, to offer. That's why I believe that it's not just smoke and mirrors, that Los Angeles is probably has better odds than Montreal. They have yeah. a few more of those mid-tier young players that they'd be willing to move, more willing to move Gabriel Velarde, I would say, than Montreal should be willing to move Kirby Doc. And that's where the gamesmanship gets into it and probably yeah. why it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, so you talked about Suzuki. No, it won't happen. Caulfield, no, it won't happen. Um, Slavkovsky, no, it won't happen. Kirby Doc, no, it won't happen. And uh, the fifth pick in the draft is, you know, most likely going to be a first pairing defenseman or at the very worst, a second liner in the National Hockey League. But will give you a lot of cap flexibility because they're going to be on an entry level contract for the first three years. And so that's not going to happen either. So I understand what you're saying here. So in your opinion, Montreal, they don't have what it takes because what Winnipeg would want, Montreal would want to keep. And if you look into that second tier, not good enough for pure look. You're thinking Los Angeles? That's who I'm thinking about right now. Yeah, that's that's the team. To me, I, I, can, I can make the case for them wanting the player. I believe they have interest in the player. I, I believe that they're, you know, I'm a little bit more familiar as well with their prospects and, and, and depth. And I think that they've got a perfect situation of Velarde as an RFA yeah. this summer. Um, Kopitar's money likely coming off the books next year. He's still an amazing player, Kopitar, but I don't think he's a 10 million player anymore. So there's yeah. the thought that that may open up for, for Los Angeles, even though there is some cap work to do on that front too. Yeah. I just think they have the, the volume of pieces. Um, I, I got something for you, by the way, in 2016, the NHL entry draft, the Montreal Canadiens had the ninth pick in the draft. All right. They desperately wanted to move up because they wanted to draft Pierre-Luc Dubois. Marc Bergevin was the president of the Pierre-Luc Dubois fan club, so we hear. Matthews went one, Liney went two. The Canadians 
a couple of days after that draft, four or five days later, traded P.K. Subban to the Nashville Predators for Shea Weber. They dangled Subban at the draft and tried to pull off a trade with the Edmonton Oilers and get the Oilers' fourth pick overall in the draft because they thought with that fourth pick, they were going to draft Dubois. Columbus changed everything because they drafted Pierre-Luc Dubois at three. That trade fell apart, maybe for that reason or another reason. And, um, you know, the Canadians were never able to get Pierre-Luc Dubois. And then Aaron Port's line added on to that, told us, and I had a chance to speak to him as well. And he said that, you know, uh, the, there was a chance the Canadians were going to offer Sheet Dubois when he was in Columbus. Kekalainen moved a couple of players to get, you know, to get himself some flexibility so that he could match any offer. And uh, when it appeared that um, Columbus was not going to trade him per his request, that's when he had that famous shift where he mailed it in. So all to say, the reason why I'm bringing this up, when you say Los Angeles, Mark Bergevin is a right-hand man to Rob Blake and the Los Angeles Kings. I mean, he's and he's a big-time fan of Pierre-Luc Dubois. I think that tracks, and that's a tremendous story on that trade as well that didn't go through. I think these are the sorts of things you hear in the NHL where when players get coveted for a, a long period of time, and I mean, Dubois delivered for his draft slot. Like, look at the production that he's come up with. And certainly Pujarvi's, I mean, he's on his own journey in terms of his NHL career. Yeah. But that was a that was a game changer, that draft selection for so many different reasons. I I like that link. I like that as one of the as one of the reasons to think LA should be interested. For sure I do. Appreciate it. So if you ever bring it up in the athletic, Tony Marinaro, the sick podcast. Hey, Brad, <laughs> thank you so much. Fantastic contributions. I love the article earlier today. The second I read it, I said, Murat is coming on the sick podcast tonight. I'm glad you accepted the invitation, my man. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. All right. There you have it. Murat Atesh of The Athletic. Follow him. Uh, a quick shout out I'd uh, like to give to uh, my buddies, um, Charlie and Sam. Um, over at uh, Optimal Stretch Clinic. And uh, I have something here. Um, fascial Stretch Therapy. Fascial Stretch Therapy. This is what they do. They also do massage and acupuncture. If it's, They can basically make you unlock your full physical potential through this Fascial Stretch Therapy. And the reason why I bring them up is there aren't too many people in Canada that are specialized in this. But Charlie and Sam are. They basically have a one-stop shop, optimalstretchclinic.com. Check them out. You can um, you can check them out on their website, and they're open seven days a week. And the book, your first appointment, and experience the benefits of fascial stretching. Uh, I feel like an 18-year-old kid. I'm telling you. I'm swinging off chandeliers and everything. I like that. Oops, that's another story for another day. Hey, thanks, everyone, for watching. Once again, the Sick Podcast live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. If you like it, uh, like it, share it with your friends, comment sick right now, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K. And if you're going to listen to us on Google, Apple, or Spotify, leave us a five-star review. It's our way of feeling the love. For our proud sponsors, partners who bring you the sick podcast, they are Energy Transportation Group. They are Playground. They are La Bit at TB. And merci, Murphy Clinic, as well. And to all of you, Franiello and Sammy, at Master Control, their Cavallaro, I'm Marinero. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. <laughs>
Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination.